He's like, I could go my whole life without doing that. And for me, I'm like, but what is your rising sign? I'm like, Brooke, I don't care. It's not going to determine whether or not I hit my goals for 2020. Oh, you never maybe, know. Maybe it might, and that's, and that's the T. And that ultimately will determine whether or not I, um, whether or not I make it as a person, as an entrepreneur, as someone who, yeah, I'm just going to let that go. <laughs> just like, let's just, next, check please. <laughs> can we get the, excuse me, can we get the check? <laughs> oh my God. Oh man. So. Welcome to another episode of the Zooming In Podcast with Logan Peck and Brooke Garrison, a podcast for the curious and creative where we dive deep into photography, entrepreneurship, and life beyond the lens. Brooke, how are you doing today? I'm doing so good. I um I got to second shoot a wedding yesterday, which was wonderful. I also got to meet Logan's family this weekend. They're also wonderful. <laughs> uh, they are. They are. I can I can I can fully attest to that. It was actually really funny though, because they said they felt like they already knew me because they've listened to the podcast. And I never thought about that. <laughs> like when I hop on here and I'm like cursing and making awkward humor and stuff, <laughs> I'm like, people's parents all around the world before I meet them <laughs> are going to pull this up. But at least, you know, at least I keep it real. <laughs> well, I mean, and, and you know, you just, you've, you've already told your story in a way that you know works for you. So time saved. Can you imagine if I ever just like met people and they're like, so tell me about yourself. And I'm like, just listen to episode two of the podcast. Oh my goodness. There is a hilarious show on Netflix called Disjointed. I don't know if you've seen it, Mm -hmm. but for those of you who watch Netflix religiously, you'll know what I'm talking about. It's uh, (laughs) a, there's like, there's an episode in the show where a guy who is well known in his industry, let's say, walks into the store and expects that the, expects that the woman working there is going to know who he is. And when she asks him, because she doesn't know who he is, who are you? He pulls out an iPad that has a video of him explaining who he is. And anyway, that just, Brooke, you saying that reminded me of that. So those of you who watched Disjointed, um, shout out. Um, It's a great show. Hilarious. Awesome. I'll have to check it out. Yeah, I think it's, it's, it is a very sitcom-y take. I mean, it is—it literally is a sitcom, so it's not sitcom-y. It's a sitcom. Take on a new industry that is emerging in the United States, and we will just leave it at that. But that's not the focus of today's episode. Today's focus is, it is all my fault. And what I mean by that is, as an entrepreneur, as someone who, uh, when you're, when you're, booking clients as a grad as a graduation photographer as a photographer of any kind that ultimately you're in charge of the of the entire customer experience delivering the photos on time doing all the editing making sure that everything is up to par so if anything doesn't work out it's your fault yeah that's what we're going to talk about today what happens when you have a disagreement with a client you think that things are going to work out one way they may have different expectations what do you do about that? How do we come back from that? And because it's going to happen inevitably, I think at some point, there is no way that we could plan for everything. Yep. And it's whether it is fundamentally true or not, the customer is always right. But there are definitely situations where sometimes 
maybe burning a bridge isn't the worst idea. I haven't been in that situation myself at this point, knock on wood, but I can see from other situations that I've seen um, that sometimes it's like, are you going to value the customer's happiness? Or are you going to value, value the boundaries that you set in your business as well? Agreed. And using your own moral compass. And that's what's so cool about running your own business is that you get to set those parameters, which is great. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I have, so the idea for this being an episode uh, stemmed out of an experience that I had when I was first starting out as a graduation photographer. Mm-hmm. I was so happily looking at the uh, University of Florida market and trying to figure out where I fit into all the photographers that I saw. Now, I was just starting out, so I wasn't charging as much. I wasn't sure how to, I wasn't really, I was putting together packages on each individual job because I hadn't, I didn't really set a standard at that point. And I, uh, so I did a grad shoot for a client and we set up an agreement and the, most of the conversation took place messaging back and forth. And so I thought there was an understanding of, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to shoot for this number of hours and I'm going to provide X number of photos when the shoot is over and, and that's going to cost you X dollars. Mm -hmm. The shoot went great. They loved the photos, thought the photos were awesome. And then when it came time for the photo selection, they told me, I thought I was going to get all the photos. And I, I was taken aback because definitely that was not the expectation I had set, but a crucial piece that was missing from my client workflow was written agreements and contracts. Mm-hmm. So I, while I did tell them, yes, this is what I'm promising to deliver for you, because there was nothing for them to sign and for them to look at that was an itemized list that we both can say, yes, I agree to this, we are a go. I had to, I had to, uh, I had to rattle with how do I react in this situation because I could tell them, I could try pulling out the messages and say, well, this is our message conversation and this is what I said I would give to you and this is what you agreed to and, and you said that was fine. And then you're gonna look like the bad guy. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe, right? It's a risk. Mm-hmm. Or do I say, do I cut my losses and give them all the photos anyway? Mm-hmm. and say lesson learned. So I will say that I chose the latter. I knew that I was losing money if I said okay to this, but I went ahead and did that anyway. And the reaction was that not only was the client happy with me admitting to my mistake mm-hmm. and understanding that I didn't have you sign something, so you know what? you sh- So I gave them all the photos. That client continue to recommend me to future graduation clients. Mm-hmm. So it was it was really an affirmation that at the end of the day it was the right move in the short term with the with the caveat that now I always have an agreement for every shoot that I do of any kind no matter how small. Yep, I completely agree. Uh, I think as a photographer, as a freelancer, everyone has to get burned once or twice before they hit that point in their business where they never do anything without a contract. And I've had that experience as well. So I guess today's a little story time. Story Um, time. Yeah. I've never, I haven't talked about this before. So buckle up everybody. Um, I had quite the interesting experience right when I went full time with my business. I had, someone had found me via my website 
and it was for a portrait session. And I was so excited. At that time, I was only charging like $20 to reserve the session. If that tells you, <laughs> it's wild that that was like how much I, I valued my time back then was $20 and then they could just cancel. And I'm like, what? But hey, when we were just starting out, that was a lot of money. Yes. That's a whole other episode about, you know, knowing when to raise your rates and whatnot. But something that had happened was I, I had created this little handbook that answered all of the frequently asked questions and it clearly specifies that all payment is due the day of the shoot which seems pretty natural for anybody when you are working with a photographer it's like you they they're providing a service and you you picked them because you like their work and you pay them and then they go home and deliver the and edit the images and then deliver them and i had a client where i drove several hours out of town I really had a blast at the shoot, took beautiful photos, and the location wasn't something that I picked, it was something that they chose, and it was windy, and she said that she wasn't happy with the wind, and it's Florida, I'm really not in control of the weather, um, but I still thought that I had gotten really great images with it, and I thought it really added to it, and um, I thought there was an agreement, and then the time came at the end of the shoot, and I wasn't paid. And I was like, oh, maybe they forgot. Um, I don't, I'm, I used to not be a very um, conflict type of person. So I was like, I'll just wait. I'll send them the link again later to, you know, fulfill the rest of their invoice. And days went by and a week went by and they were like, where are the pictures? And I was like, oh, I'm just, just let me know whenever you can submit the rest of your payment and I can get started editing on those for you. And, and I was really worried that they weren't going to pay me at all and they were just going to like forget about it and before I spent several several hours behind the editing screen I just and it sucked because I was so excited about the images and their response was really it like really took me aback because I had never been talked to like that before but they were like um we never had a written agreement and you need to prove to us that these images are good before we give you our money. And I was so shocked because it's like, you found my website, you saw my portfolio, you saw what I can do, and yet you still want me to prove to you that this session was worth it enough to pay me before I go and edit the images. And I just was so, back then when you're just starting your business, you're like, I, I felt so disrespected. And, um, but it's also like, the customer is always right and there are so many like what you think would be a very basic understanding of like freelance work and how the photographer process works it's not like that all over the world and people who have never had professional photos done before might not know that and so it's not always a personal hit towards you your ego like your business and i'm really glad that i had that professional experience because if you want to be treated like a professional photographer You've got to act like one. You've got to have a written agreement. You've got to have a contract signed. And now I don't show up to a shoot without being paid in full per the contract and the contract being signed. Because if I were to show up and they hadn't signed the contract and then they just decided that they didn't want to pay, like what would I have done in that situation? And that's what sucks. It's like a really hard thing to realize when you're getting into freelance work is like, you don't want to believe this in people, but people will try and take advantage of you. And, and you have to kind of prepare for the worst, even though I really want to believe that everybody has the best intentions. And um, essentially, they ended up, I ended up getting paid in full a couple weeks later. And I worked really hard on the images. I, I really wanted them to enjoy them. I do think that she enjoyed them. And 
you know, I went on my merry way, but it was kind of at that point in the midst, in those weeks of not being paid, it's like, what do I do? Do I send them the images and just trust that they're going to pay me after? And once they have the images, why would they have any incentive to pay you other than like a moral compass? So it just sucks when you when you do something that you're so passionate about and it's a creative outlet and you don't really do it for the money, but it is also how you put food on the table and pay your bills and something like that happens. But it was such a necessary experience for me because you've got to set up those parameters to protect yourself, to answer all those questions, to make sure everything's clear on both ends. Because at the end of the day, it was my fault because I didn't make it abundantly clear in a written contract exactly how it was supposed to go. I might have written it in the handbook, but there needs to be an opportunity for each of us to sign that and make it clear that we both agree rather than just sending something and trusting that they're going to read it and agree to it. So that's one of the key situations I've ever been been in where it's like, even when you totally at first, like you have a knee-jerk reaction and you think it's not your fault and you, you might get hurt and it might be like a little bit of an ego check. It's like, this is part of running a business this is a customer and client experience that you're talking about here, something that you should take very tenderly. Um, and this is how you can make it right going forward. Yeah, it's ultimately your reaction to a customer in those times where it's where there's a potential for great conflict will speak volumes to them about how you care, how about how much you care or don't care. Right? Because somebody who's willing, who's, willing to admit their mistake or take on the burden of saying, you know what, this is not how I wanted it to go. This is not how I wanted it to be, but I recognize that I didn't do this. I didn't, I didn't have an agreement, right? I didn't have, um, I didn't have something that we could both look at and say, here's everything you're going to get. Here's what you're going to pay. So my mistake, but take it as an opportunity as lesson learned. And then so that so that one like relatively in the in retrospect relatively small potatoes failure will make you much more successful in the long term yeah because after that it's not like i get cancellations like that or anything and i just want to add this wasn't like i had just talked to them and given them a price like i had a pricing sheet i did have a handbook and i just want to stress to y'all you need to go the full legal route and have a contract because that's the only time you're going to have any sort of protection and even when you feel like you're setting those boundaries and you're making it clear when you're working with people who don't know you super well and there isn't that personal connection as well you don't know how somebody is going to react or how somebody's like, you just, you truly don't know what people's ten- intentions are. And that's the thing is to treat every client as if they have the best intentions, but protect yourself for the worst. And that's just one little take back, take away that I wanted to give you all today. Right. And it's like, I think it's safe to say that most people aren't looking for a lawsuit or anything like that. Right? Exactly. Like nobody, nobody wants to go through. Nope. I, I won't say nobody, but... <laughs> But the majority of people don't want to spend the money to deal with a lawsuit. If there is a way that you can set yourself up to be professional, and if you make a mistake, work things out with them on a personal level, that is that is the best way to handle these things. Because if there's really a circumstance in which you had a contract and still the the customer didn't fulfill their end of the bargain, then you have to stand up for yourself. I do believe in that. Yeah, there's a clause in my contract about that. <laughs> Quite literally. Um, I think that's great. Because at the end of the day, 
you're right. You, you're not saying, I look, I think you're going to take advantage of me. So this is why I put this in. It's just because if somebody is going to go that route, you have to be protected. You're absolutely right. Yeah. And it's not, the contract isn't just for me. It's also for them. Yes. It saves you a ton of time because they know exactly what they're getting. They know exactly what your standards are in the in the instance of inclement weather and the um, or an act of God or um, which is like another clause in my contract, like a natural disaster, something like that. So I just want to make it clear. I'm not just talking about, oh, you're going to take advantage of me or anything like that. It's just about running yourself like a true business and answering those questions before you get in a situation where because they went unanswered, you then have to take the brunt of it. Exactly. And also taking the brunt of it just means carrying the weight of knowing that your customer was not completely 100% satisfied with their experience. Like that was the part that hurt me more than anything. It wasn't about the money. It wasn't, it was just about the fact that my client didn't have a wonderful time and didn't Mm -hmm. feel as excited about the images as I knew that they were going to turn out. So being able to, there's nothing worse. Like you want the customers to be happy. So I think that's really the root of it. Right. It's, it, and, and this whole phrase of, uh, or this concept of it's always my fault or always our fault is a way to put on your, your caring hat, as it say. Detach the ego and the pride, leave exactly. it at the door. Exactly. Step away and look at it rationally. Mm-hmm. And understand that if you come at it with a, with a, with a mindset of, I care about you and I care about the experience that you have and I care that you that you did or did not have a phenomenal experience and here's what I'm going to do to fix that. And more often than not that will put people at ease because they because they will un, they will be appreciative that you admit that what you did was wrong even if deep down you know that that's not true. But if you're willing to like Brooke said detach the ego, take on the responsibility, take on that ownership, that's what separates you as a professional from an amateur. Yeah. It's so funny. I was just talking to another photographer about this the other day, just sharing little stories. And this stuff does not happen a lot. Like in my entire photography career, um, this was a first and an only, and thank God. But um, like she was telling me about an experience where her client wasn't happy with the photos and she had already given her more than the edits that were, requested so she had already gone over and beyond and because those couple photos had the girl blinking in them she was just so unhappy and she wanted to see all of the naturals and I was expecting her to say that she released all of the naturals to her or like re-edited just all of them and sent them that but she stuck to her contract and so there there are different ways of handling things and she was like you know I'm sorry but this is what I gave you and yeah that's that was just interesting to me um there, there are many ways to handle situation and you do have a contract. And so sometimes if that's what you truly believe and you feel like you gave more than what was even required and they still weren't happy, then is it like a personal thing or is it something on your professional work? And that's something that only you can decide morally. And as a fellow entrepreneur, I'm going to support you in whatever you decide. Right. Uh, and I think that's a very important distinction to be made that every situation with every different customer that you're working with is going to be different. Mm-hmm. So what you might decide to do in one situation could be different if you have the same situation with a different client, with a different customer, because 
I don't know about you, Brooke, but I often I often do photo shoots for people that I know, right? So a mm-hmm. lot of them are friends or friends of friends. Mm-hmm. So the context in which I got the referral or the way I know them is a little bit different. Sometimes it's more personal. And so you have to be, you have to decide for yourself, are you going to behave exactly the same when it's someone who has a personal relationship with you? Or are you going to be, or are you going to be more lenient, more strict, whatever the case is, you have to be, you have to understand that it's, that everything is going to be its own individual case. For sure. Especially when you have um, people that have known you since when you first started your business and you might've worked with them in the past or not at all. And then your business completely catapults and changes and your rates go up like 10 times. And then like there are expectations there, especially when you know people um, to do something very specific when you offer them a package. And that is just a whole interesting ball game to navigate that we could write <laughs> a whole podcast. Like I know a couple of photographers that they don't offer discounts to anybody, not friends, not family, not anybody. And that way it's just easy for them to completely just be like, well, nope, this is our rates and that's how we do it. And um, I totally respect that. And then, but again, like when you run your own business, it's like, oh, you have to like kind of tailor your own packages and stuff. And that's just a very sticky situation. (laughs) And again, it it depends on the individual. It depends on you as the person offering the service. And it depends on the customer who wants to buy that service. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think this was an awesome mini-sode, Brooke, just getting people a sense of what it's like when you... um, when you have an experience where the customer the customer relations didn't go as planned and explaining to people what we did in those situations because I think that anybody who wants to get into this photography landscape, it's inevitable that you're going to have one of those situations. So just be prepared. Mm-hmm. I think some of my spark notes takeaways would be if a client worst case scenario comes to you and is in any way dissatisfied with their service or their experience. It's one, take a step back, try to um, release the emotion before you react. I feel like there's a lot of pressure to respond immediately to things. Mm-hmm. And there's a certain timeliness that's associated, um, this like unsaid pressure with being an entrepreneur to respond immediately, but being able to take a step back, really evaluate, detach your emotions from this. Cause a lot of times people are not doing this to hurt your feelings, to challenge your professionalism, anything like that. And, literally being like a Chick-fil-A of a freelancer. Like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Just like in terms of having that customer experience and even after someone expresses that to you, doing everything you can to make it right. And at the end of the day, it is basically impossible to make everybody happy, but you know that on your end, you can treat people with kindness, respect, and just know that this is your business. Not everybody will always understand that business and that is okay. All you can do is what you can do on your end. And the rest will end up exactly how it's meant to you. You're going to get clients that absolutely love you and recommend you. And as long as you keep following your moral compass and do what you can to make it right, I'm hoping that you'll have a wonderful business for many years to come. Absolutely. So thanks for joining us on this episode of the Zooming In podcast. We hope that you found this valuable and also uh especially as it's a little bit of insight into the business relations aspect of what it's like to be a photographer or creative freelancer of any kind. Uh, If there's something that you really liked about this episode in particular, we would love for you to tweet it out, share it on social media. Also, if if you have any 
questions related to photography, we hope that you will consider sending us a voice memo. This podcast, we distribute it through the Anchor app, anchor.fm. If you download the app and listen to us on there, you can send us a voice message directly through the app. Um, We would love to be able to share some questions that you have and share your voice um, on future episodes of the podcast. And hopefully that can even tailor some of our episodes that we make in the near future. Yep. And we just want to thank everyone who is listening to this that maybe has helped shape our business in any way, whether that's um, counseling and consultation, letting us rant, um, letting us vent, or even being a client themselves. We are so appreciative of how you've supported our journey from beginning to end um, and that you're still here. And we're really happy that you're listening. And thank you for helping us do what we love. And thanks for supporting us on this podcast as we pursue what we love here too. Thank you so much for tuning in to Zooming In. We'll see you next time. Crushed it. Feeling so small, watch the clock ticking off the wall. But tonight I'm letting it go. Spend my coin for sure. I'm gonna be myself, or I could be someone else. No one's stopping me now. I'm gonna skip my breaks. I'm gonna make mistakes. I just wanna feel just what I do when I'm out so Try not to hold me down Feel alive when I'm in this town Look at those beautiful stars I wanna drive a faster car Nothing can break me, no, no, nothing can break me Faster car Lay my troubles to rest Blow the smoke through my cigarette City lights looking fine And I know this is my time now I'm gonna be myself Or I could be someone else No one's stopping me now I'm gonna skip my breaks I'm gonna make mistakes when I feel alive It's just what I do when I'm out So try not to hold me down Feel alive when I'm in this town Look at those beautiful stars I wanna drive a faster car Nothing can break me No, no, nothing can break me drive a faster car i'm gonna be myself i'm gonna be someone else i'm gonna be myself i'm gonna be someone else i'm gonna skip my breaks i'm gonna make mistakes i'm gonna skip my breaks i'm gonna make mistakes i'm gonna be myself i'm gonna be someone else i'm gonna be myself i'm gonna be someone else
I'm gonna skip my breaks. I'm gonna make mistakes. I'm gonna skip my breaks. I'm gonna make mistakes. Try not to hold me down. Feel alive when I'm in this town. Nothing can break me